yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your man, G.I. And this is your girl, Alyssa Lou. Yep, we are back with another Mediums podcast. Man, um, it's, been a, it's been a good go at it, man. I've been enjoying doing the podcast. Hopefully, people are enjoying listening to it. Um, yeah, Still hopefully. been getting really good feedback. Absolutely, and hopefully you are taking this quarantine time to catch up on episodes you may have missed. Right, right. Um, Definitely some good content to go back. That's I think that's the one thing that I enjoy most about producing content like this is like it doesn't really get old. Um, right. You can go back and listen to it and it still has the same relevance. Um, so that's one. And thing. the topics that we've kind of covered, hopefully they've made you, if you are an artist and maybe you've been stuck in a space where you haven't been creating anything, the topics that we've talked about made you think about some stuff differently and maybe inspired you to uh, create some right. stuff. Um, I can't say that I've created anything during my <laughs> quarantine time, but but maybe you can. Yeah. I'm, so I haven't created anything as of yet, but I've had some really good ideas. So what it's what it has forced me to do, and this isn't necessarily the topic for today, we're not going to go deep into uh, quarantine artist life, even though that's become a new reality. But what it has forced me to do is what I was going to say is kind of reframe my thought process around um, being creative with the way that I present things and right. um, just kind of changing the paradigm around um, what it means to be a gainfully employed artist in a place where gigging is no longer uh, a substantial portion. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't say, okay. Cause you know, as an artist uh, specifically as a musician or as a poet for yourself, that's a large portion of how you create revenue is going out and doing gigs and selling merch when you're at those gigs. So like you have to kind of change that now in the the society that we're in now. Absolutely. <laughs> And I've been seeing, like, a lot of people be, like, real creative with that, um, like, from, like, the Facebook Lives and stuff like that. So, right. I mean, there are definitely artists that are taking advantage of um, of this kind of, like, new era. And I really do think that it's going to change the way people see um, the capability to get your art out there and to get right. people engaged in your art. Because just looking at, like, the way that these artists are doing, like, live concerts um, from home or the DJs are doing, like, DJ sessions um, on the lives and stuff like that. So I even saw a couple, um, I think one of the local shows here in Birmingham, Bards and Brews, that both of us have been on. Um, I know that they were talking about doing a virtual Bards and Brews this Friday. Yeah. Um, The Friday coming up or whatever. And, um... I thought I was like, man, maybe I need to get on there and maybe do some stuff on there. So, so it's definitely, um, like you said, giving people a, a different way of looking at it and a different way of considering revenue streams, which does kind of tie into our topic today. Yeah, it does. Definitely. Um, so before we get into that, you know, housekeeping, um, make sure that you're following us on the social media, um, Instagram, we are mediums podcast, excuse me, mediums, the podcast. Um, you can find us at Mediums the Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at mediumspodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are Mediums Podcast. I got them all right. Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, we're on all the places where you frequent for your podcast stuff. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Topic for today. Today, we are talking about, you know, the dilemma that artists may have about whether or not they're going to do it for, you know, the love of it, or they're just going to try to figure out a way to make it a full-time 
hustle for themselves. I don't like using the word hustle when it comes to um, a business because you know being an artist, it's, it's a business. You you can set it up as a very you know legitimate business and get it registered and all that things. And I do encourage artists to go and do those sorts of things. But when you're talking about doing it full time, there is a dilemma as to whether or not or how you want to monetize yourself. And we've talked about that a little bit ourselves, but just for the benefit of the audience. Um, what are your thoughts on that that two-sided dilemma that artists have in the approach of how they want to do their art? Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. I think that every artist um, definitely has different intentions. I know that there are some artists that like out, out the gate, as soon as they decide that they're going to take up a creative medium, they want to do it for monetary purposes. Um, then there right. are some people like me, when I started doing poetry, I solely did poetry for myself. Um, I was solely writing for myself. Uh, it was more so as a therapeutic thing. And then I just kind of started sharing my work a little bit. And I just kind of happened to do, um, I just kind of happened into doing poetry and it turned it in turned into an opportunity for me to make money. That was never what I sought out to do with it though. So um, I really think that every artist kind of already has an idea of what they want to do um, or you get presented with the opportunity to change your mind. And I've been presented with the opportunity to change my mind, but I know personally I never wanted to rely solely on my art to make money simply because I definitely did not ever want um, to start resent my passion hmm. because like because you had I to do something to make money like right uh, right, right. Yeah. like that like and like for me right now if I don't want to write I don't have to write and I don't feel pressured to write and I don't feel pressured to put anything out. Like, yeah, people are like, yo, we want some more stuff. And that's cool. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to do it or that I have to do it. Now, if I relied on this to feed myself, like it wouldn't matter if I cared like writing or if I felt like writing or not, I would need to write because I need to eat. Right. So I think it all depends like kind of on where you are coming from and what kind of like what it is like kind of like the plan that you set out for yourself i don't know right i think that's a, i mean that's a tough thing so um when we're talking about the the dilemma that artists have a lot of the times it seems counterintuitive to say this but like it makes a lot of sense once you think about it once you get into a place where your art becomes your primary means for making money, there's a place in time where charging for it cheapens the art, right? Um, because it, you do get into this dilemma of sometimes I just have to deliver something as opposed to I, I'm always giving you something that I love uh, right. and I'm, I'm presenting it in a way that I want because there's no time limits on it. There's no expectations other than the ones I place on myself. Exactly. And I think but, that makes it hard. But on the well, and then even on, but on the other side of that, even if you're not doing it for, and I and I've kind of learned this somewhat the hard way, even if you're not doing it for 
purely monetary purposes, the moment that you put out any kind of product, you've created a environment for expectations. And if you listen to my first album, the int- my intro, like I'm having this conversation about why I was so afraid to put out a project. And, it, and I was talking about how like, as soon as I put myself out there, even if I never charged anything for that album, right? I've turned it into a commodity and I've given people the opportunity to have expectations from what to expect from my art. So I don't think that those expectations have to come with a price tag. Right. So, and so I think that's another thing that um, whether you're doing it for money or whether you're doing it for a passion, the one thing that you need to remember the moment that you put it out there, you are opening yourself up to the expectation of an audience for you to deliver more. Not just deliver more, but deliver it um, kind of in a way. Because so let's talk about like the personal nature of your art, right? Like so if you're telling personal stories, personal perspectives, um, someone may disagree with your perspective or prefer that you present them a particular type of art, right? So Yeah, I've, I've gotten that a lot, especially from dudes from guys <laughs> and they'd be like, why you talk about, why you always talk about like, uh, why you don't ever talk about guys or talk about like this from this perspective. And it's like, because I don't have a dick and I don't know. That <laughs> like <laughs> you get that a lot. Like, and so you are right. Like, um, I know you would like me not to write like, uh, men bashing poem but I can't like I can still only speak to his perspective that I know about which personally now there are people out there that will write from some shit that they don't know about for real right just for the purpose of doing it that's not me um so you should find those artists that are willing to do that um but as soon as somebody even pretends to be talking about that I'd be like I write about what I know and I don't got a penis and so I don't know nothing about that life yeah and I think it's crazy, though, that people have so much expectation over an artist for what they should be presenting to you. Right. I mean, Present we, it yourself. We, but like, we all do that, though. We all do that. Right. So we have, uh, you know, artists that we know and we love and we like, man, I wish they would do this type of thing or I wish they would stick to, like um, the, the the classic, the old Kanye thing. Like, I don't want to necessarily talk about Kanye, but just in a microcosm of. People yeah. are like, I prefer this version of you, and they want you to continue to present that version of them. Of uh, they want you to continue to present that version of you over and over again because that's what I want. And that yeah. artist has the obligation to themselves to present what they feel like isn't authentic for them at that time. That and they and and like that is something that like everybody struggles with if you are a consumer of the arts, um, because then at the same time, like from an artistic perspective, like I understand there's a need for growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to grow in your art. Your art should evolve as you evolve as a human being. But then it's like, but I loved that phase of their life so much. Like a good example for me is like, I really like Usher, right? Mm-hmm. But once Usher got married, it was ruined. 
Like Usher was never the same after he got married. Like and his art was just never the same after he got married. And that's like, or like right now, like I'm waiting for Adele to come out. With I was music. just about to mention Adele. And, a lot of people are like, I'm oh, really she went excited. through a breakup. I know this next right. album is going to be exactly what I needed from her. And I hate that because she's getting, she got divorced. That's sad. But I'm like, yes, quietly. I'm like, yes. <laughs> because cause I'm like, man, this next album is going to be the shit. And I can't even lie. I was really worried about 25 because I was like, man, she got a kid now and she's happily married. This shit is going to be trash. Like I just, was prepared. <laughs> I was prepared to be very disappointed and I wasn't, but I was prepared for that. But, and I think that that's something that from an artistic standpoint, you know, like, yeah, like every artist needs to evolve. But then from a consumer standpoint, you're like, no, just stay the same and keep being old Kanye. Keep giving me old Kanye. We don't want Kim Kanye. Right. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's a crazy thing to think about. Um, but, you know, that, that goes back to like um, a, a purity standpoint from an artist's perspective, though, is like you have to always be genuine and present who you are. And, and sometimes it is going to hurt your money. And, and that's what I was going to say. I think, I think being that gets harder, like gets harder the more money you make. And um, I mean, granted, there are artists, say, take um, Chance the Rapper, for instance, mm-hmm. who have the rare opportunity to have complete control over what they release because they're independent. But he is an anomaly for real. And we are in an age where I can just flood, you know, I can flood the market with content because the Internet exists. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that content is going to um, is going to make you money. Like, so, for instance, um, and I don't know if this was the reason that he did this or not, but I think that this is a good example. Um, I don't like Sebastian Cole. He did an EP that he put out on SoundCloud, right? Mm-hmm. That EP could have easily, I mean, I listened to um, I listened to it, was it Boys Don't Cry or Boys Cry oh. Too? Boys Cry Too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, I think that EP is amazing, right? right? And I think that that easily could have been on streaming platforms, released and all that. But, you know, maybe the powers that be, he may have submitted that and been like, they would have been like, no we don't think this is what we want from you. And so he, so that he could, you know, remain in control of what he released. He chose to do it for free. Like he chose to release that music for free. And I think that um, not all artists, because some artists are only in it for the monetary um, aspects of it, that they don't necessarily want to take those L's and be like, Oh, I'm not putting no art out for free. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to put this work in so that people can consume this for free. No way. And I think, and I think that sometimes their art, their art definitely um, suffers because of it, because it is a business. For sure. For sure. I think it's, it's really difficult for artists to um, balance those two things out and figure out a way to be presentable to the masses while at the same time staying true to who they want to be as an artist. Um, 
one of those things, like, I, I think one of the, the, we've talked about a little bit, but like, I think the, the art forms to me that are the most difficult to figure out how to be, um, what's the word I want to use, fiscally minded while being true to your creativity, the ones I think are hardest are the ones that I really kind of want to delve into the mind of are people who do things like photography and videography and, um, you know, tattoo artists, right? Because you, you have to basically, I mean, these are like real artistically minded people for the most part. Some people are just people with cameras, right? And some people are just people with needles that know how to draw Trace. stuff and they're not, yeah, and they're not, <laughs> they're not artists, but there are people who are like really artists, but because of the the money aspect, like we talked to B Panda and he was talking about how he started out doing um, landscape stuff, but you know, he didn't know how to sell that, but now he's shooting, you know, uh, and he prefers doing that and he's booked all the time and he loves doing that. Um, but there are other people who are like, man, I, I do know, or for a fact, just from talking to people and, and assume many more that I've not talked to, people get frustrated with like, man, if I got to shoot another blah, blah, blah. And people, you know, they're not creative. They just want this. And, and you know, producers go through that too. They just want a beat that sounds like this. So that's why I end up making all the time. Um, just kind of wonder how they balance out that whole, th those two sides of the coin for themselves. Right. And I think, I think you brought up a, you brought up a class of artists that, that I definitely think um, probably struggles with this a lot, like tattoo artists, mm -hmm. because there are a group of, I'm not saying that all of them are these amazing artists, but there are a group of them that are amazing artists that they got into this, they got into this craft or this business because it makes really good money. You can make really good money being a tattoo artist, but then you are stuck with people that just want some cherries that say juicy and that's right. all you're tattooing is some cherries on some ads and you're just like oh well you know i can i can make these 3d cherry no i don't want no 3d cherries i just want circles and they red and it just they juicy like that's all i want and so like limiting i know like me personally i have a lot of tattoos and every time i go to a tattoo artist even if i have an idea i'm always like I want you to put your stamp on it. Like, because I'm coming to you because I know you're an artist and I'm very particular about who I allow to permanently draw on my body. So the people that I usually choose as my tattoo artists are actually artists. Um, they don't only do tattoos. They usually delve in some other kind of type of art. Um, and so I'm always like, I want you to put your stamp on it. Like your art, like, yeah, this is the idea I have, but if you can make it over, please do that. That's what I want. And I know that not everybody goes in doing that. They find this picture on the internet, like here, do this, do not deviate from this at all. Just do this thing right here. And so I can imagine like how, like at a point, and I think that's why you start seeing like tattoo artists being like, okay, I'm only doing tattoos that are this size and this is my specialty. So then that way they can kind of, they can kind of exhibit some kind of control over the stuff that they do. Yeah. And um, I think the, the the tragic part about that is some people never get out of that place where that's where they have to do for their money. Right. Because they've committed their lives to this art form that they love. But um, it's been I don't I don't want to I don't like to use the term bastardized. But I do think that sometimes when people set out to do their art, 
they um, they didn't imagine it would end up that way. And so now they have to figure out how to balance those things out because it's like, you know, I'm committed to this now, you know, and do I continue to do this in this way or do I take L's on the dollars just so I can create the art the way that I want to? Um, and that's, that's a tough place to be in as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but I was going to say, I think since we're talking about tattoo artists, Oh yeah. So we were were going to the same place. Great. Yes. Oh, look at us. See, even in quarantine times, we are still in sync. Um, (laughs) So, um, since we're talking about tattoo artists, this is a perfect time for us to segue into our mediums moment. And, um, I'm really excited about this, uh, this guy that we're about to highlight, um, because I've known him for a long time now. Um, probably like 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, but, uh, today for our mediums moment, we are highlighting, um, Melvin Todd, AKA loveless Melvin of loveless society. He is a tattoo artist and artist in general come out of, um, Atlanta. He, uh, recently just opened his own studio. He was at City of Ink for a good number of years, um, but he just opened his own studio, Loveless um, Loveless Society, as I said. Um, and like I said, I've known him for a long time. We went to Auburn together, War Eagle, War Eagle. for that, <laughs> um, where I've known him since pretty much, almost since he was an apprentice doing bulk tattoos in Auburn for like all the athletes that would get their refund checks and he'd be doing like $300 sleeves and stuff just to get his work up. (laughs) Um, but when I say that this dude is just super dope, um, like I know I have some of his work on my body. He specializes in cherubs. He does personalized cherubs with a little twist. Uh, they always got a little bit of gangster to them a little bit. Um, something quirky about him, like pretty much you just go on the website. If you're interested in getting a cherub, you go on his website and you like answer a questionnaire and he kind of designs your personalized cherub for you. But aside from doing tattoos, um, man, when I say this guy has really expanded and kind of like what you were talking about, um, where you don't want to get pigeonholed to one you know, one small section of your art. Um, He's definitely expanded his range and his tentacles are all over the place. So he, um, Loveless, he does Loveless Cupid, which is also a comic. Um, So he uh, draws and writes the story for a comic. Um, He's also in film school right now. He's trying to do writing. I know he's, he would really love to kind of start a, t- a TV show, like along the lines of the Boondocks. He actually introduced me to the Boondocks uh, back in the day. Um, so when I just say dude is super talented, he's just like blows me away. And the work ethic, when you talk about people really, really, really caring about their art and caring about their craft and investing in their craft, Whenever I hit him up, he's always like, he's always in the studio working. He's always, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm working on this project. Or I remember like a while ago, he went to, he went to some country, like maybe like Switzerland or 
the Netherlands, something like that, somewhere over there. And I just hit him up one day. I was like, yeah, what are you doing? He was like, yeah, I just got to such and such country because I'm going to do this workshop that's put on by this artist that I really, you know, that I really admire and I want to learn some techniques from. Like, that's how, like, that's how dedicated to his craft he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and just improving himself on multiple levels so that he can be better. I know that uh, maybe like a couple of years ago, he went to Comic-Con to like pitch his comic strip for like a full comic book. And I know that got picked up. So now, like I said, he has like a whole like comic book, uh, which is really dope. So definitely check him out. Um, and I highly suggest him as a tattoo artist. I make the drive to Atlanta to get inked by him. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Loveless Melvin or um, Loveless Society. Um, you can also hit up the website at lovelesssociety.com. But definitely check out his work. He's super, super dope. And I know they're always doing some um, live art shows. Uh, they, Like I said, they have studios in Atlanta He's linked up with a couple other artists in Atlanta that are also tattoo artists out of the City of Ink um, shop. So definitely check him out. Um, let him know that Lissa sent you. You're not going to get a discount, but he'll be like, <laughs> yeah, tell, he'll be like, yeah, tell my friend I said, hey. But um, yeah, so definitely check him out. And we love highlighting him this episode because he's just really dope. And it gives us the opportunity to highlight artists, like I said, We always want suggestions. They don't have to be from Birmingham and we don't have to know them personally. So we definitely like being introduced to new people. I know um, GI didn't know who he was, but checked out his work and stuff and was impressed, I think. Um, No, yeah, he's, yeah, I I thought he was really I think think you were. I don't know. I was lying. But (laughs) let me hope you were. But yeah, so definitely check him out. um, And we'll be putting some of his stuff on you know, on our site so that you can kind of be exposed. And um, yeah, if you're looking for some ink and you're in the, in the Atlanta area or around Atlanta, once quarantine is over, hit them up. For sure. So, yeah. yeah, no, I I, I definitely uh, got an opportunity to go check him out after Lissa showed him, showed me his stuff. And it is really dope. I, when you talk about the boondocks thing, I can definitely see that from the style of art that he does. Yeah, um, so uh, I am wishing him the best in that endeavor. Um, I like the the fact that he has stories around his art that he is trying to put into that. I think he's an example or a great example of what we've talked about of somebody who kind of they needed to do what they had to do to get where they need to be. And now they're able to kind of do it the way they want to. Absolutely. Um, and, absolutely. and I think that's the story of arts of artists. Um, some people don't want to. Again, I hate using the term bastardize, but bastardize their art. Cause it's like, Oh, it should never be cheapened in this way. And I want to do this kind of thing. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to, um, to get to where you want to be. If art right. is really what you want to do with your life. Um, so sometimes, sometimes you, you have to have do to what that. you have to do to do what you want. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, hopefully that's a lesson to all artists to be able to just pursue their passion to the place of wanting to improve themselves constantly, um, and then get themselves in a place where they can start to do what they want to do. Um, so yeah, shout out to him, Loveless Melvin. Check it out, Loveless Society. Make sure that you go and uh, tell him Lissa sent you because if you said GI sent you, he's not going to know what that means. So all right, cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, continue. Um, I don't remember whether or not we've talked about the um, the the whole side of of doing commissions. Have we talked about commissions yet um, as um, artists? I don't remember. And so if we have, let's talk about it again. So commissions, like, how do you feel? About, I know you've done them. 
I've I done have. commissioned things. I've done like jingles for, I did a jingle one time for a law firm that I was a radio what? jingle. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many stories. Yeah. I did a, I did a law firm jingle. It's GI um, story time. Yeah. No, it, this isn't a big story though. So like, um, so actually I have to back up into how I got into doing this law firm thing. So I did this whole, um, thing for the Jefferson County health department. Do you, do you know when I did that Jefferson County health department? I did a whole safe sex campaign for them a couple years ago. No. Okay, so around classic time, uh, the health department was trying to do this big push for safe sex, and they were going out to the classic events and um, passing out, you know, safe sex kits and all this kind of stuff, right? So I did a song for the campaign um, for the health department, um, and that song was just like uh, about a guy seeing a girl and making bad decisions. The song's called Bad Decisions, anyway. Um, so yeah, I did that song and. Um, ended up that the PR firm that was helping to push that initiative had a client who was looking for a jingle for their radio spot. And they hit me up to do the jingle for their, um, for their radio thing. And I ended up, you know, doing this quick little 30 second thing for the radio for, um, for a law firm. Hmm. Yeah. That's hmm. a thing that happened in real life. So, so yeah, I've done commissions before. Um, so those, that's actually two examples of commissions. Somebody hit me up about a specific thing. I want you to write a song for this. I wrote the song, uh, recorded it and it became whatever. So, um, but those were fun for me because they gave me an opportunity to do things that I wouldn't probably typically choose as topics. Like, I don't know that I would, uh, when putting an album together would go, I'm going to do a safe sex song, you know, <laughs> right, like, I don't right. <laughs> Or I want to do a song about how you can book an accident lawyer. Like I would never. I would you know, hope you would never do that. Song. Yeah, that's just not that's not something when I sat down and, and tried to compose my last album. I was like, yeah, accident lawyer. Let's talk about that. Um, so. So, yeah, definitely done commissions before. Enjoy doing them because it allows me to just kind of do things that aren't typical, usually use styles that aren't going to be something that I would typically do over tracks. I wouldn't typically do just because they want something very specific. And it's like, all right, I can give you that if that's what you want, you know, cool. Like, but it's not something I would typically do. Um, but kind of how do you feel about the the whole working on commissions or doing commissions for people? Um, I do them. Um, I cannot lie, um, and anybody hearing this, I apologize, and I'm probably going to um, hurt myself business-wise, but I don't necessarily care. Um, I, I will first say I do them. I don't necessarily enjoy doing them, and I show that lack of enjoyment by how much I charge to do them, mm. um, simply because because I feel like if you really want a piece by me, you'll pay for it. So mm. I'm going to make you pay for it. <laughs> right. um, and the reason I typically don't really enjoy doing them is because my art and where I thrive, the reason that I thrive and I feel like my art is so powerful. Like I'm not going to sit here and I've said this before. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm the dopest poet out there. I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm the, like I'm the best writer technical wise, anything like that. But the one thing that I do have, and I don't think that anybody can contest this 
is that I have a vulnerability and a truth in my work that makes my work powerful. Mm. And the reason that I'm able to be powerful as a writer is because I am honest, I'm vulnerable, and I'm very transparent. And uh, as you said, all of my writing is very personal to me. So um, when I do commissioned work, I don't connect with pieces the same way. And honestly, I don't want to because I don't, because they're not mine, if that makes any sense. So I don't really want to have that connection to them. So I can effectively do it, but I know kind of like you, it's not like, I'd be like, yeah, this is a really good piece, but it's not a piece that I would consider the best representation of of myself. Right. And I wouldn't necessarily be super proud of it. Like to be like, Oh, I would definitely spit this at one of my shows. Yeah. Um, And I know like I've had, um, I've had, I've written some pieces that where I've had you write them and you'd be like, this is really good. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like it. (laughs) And so, um, and so that's my thing. And that kind of, that's kind of where my, one that's kind of one of the reasons why um i never i never had any intention of writing being a full-time job because i know that a lot of that would have to come with commissions right and i don't enjoy that for poetry like i can easily pump out some prose i could do some blogging you know i could write some reviews i could do journalistic type stuff but when it comes to like my actual art form and where I thrive that's a very personal thing for me and it doesn't matter how much I sell a cd for it's totally different when I'm writing for someone else so I do commission work but I don't necessarily enjoy it now I have done some commission pieces that I have thoroughly enjoyed because I really connected with the topic or the person that I was writing it for and those are always really tricky because once I'm done with them, I don't really want to give them to you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> because I'm like, um, I really like this. And like a good example of that is um, um, Genocide of Individuality actually started as a commissioned piece. And funny enough, I decided not to charge her because I was like, um, I'll perform this piece at your event, but I'm going to keep it you can't have it. So I decided not to charge her for it because I kept it as my own. So hmm. I don't know if anybody ever knows You can't that. have it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So for me, it is a very, 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 very much a love-hate relationship because I like money, but I would prefer to get paid for other stuff. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. And I, again, I think that's the dilemma for most artists is like, I definitely, um, you know, we talked about passion, right? And passion is one of those things that you want to be able to continue to do things that you're passionate about. And once your art becomes a job, sometimes you lose the passion for it. Absolutely. It's just, and it's I don't not, ever want to lose that. I don't want right. to lose that. It's not as fun anymore when it becomes requisite. Um, And I think that that's the hard thing for a lot of artists to embrace is um, figuring out how to balance those two things out and finding ways to continue to produce things that you're passionate about and get paid. Because, you know, some people don't want to just continue to do everything for free. And then like 
so let's talk about this too. And, and we may have discussed this on previous episodes about like, because some people do it just for the love, they tend to drive the market down, right? Yeah, that was, I was one of those people actually uh, for a long time. So like Shame. when I started, <laughs> so, but but that's why now I preach to people that even if you're only taking gas money, don't do shit for free. Because I was one of those people. I was all about the passion and you've heard me say, our audience has heard me say, I believe that poetry is church for some. So who am I? to deny somebody a sermon that they need to hear because whatever organization wants to bring me don't have my fee. They don't have enough money to cover my fee. But at the same time, at where I'm at now, it's kind of like, okay, this is my time. So more than anything, I probably charge for my time. But when I started out, man, I used to do all these shows all kinds of shows for free. And my friends who are artists, they were like, can you stop that shit, please? <laughs> Be like, can you stop? And I mean, and I experience it now. Like people hit me up and I know I've said this before. People hit me up and they'll want to book me for a show or something and I'll give them my price and then I don't hear from them again. And one of my poet friends gets booked for the same show and I'm just like, shrug, okay, that's fine with me. I mean, I really don't care because I know what I'm, Cause at this point I know what you're going to get as far as a show from me. And I know that that performance is worth it. And it's as simple as that. And, you know, I don't necessarily like going out too much anymore. So at this point you're paying me for my time. Um, so if you don't want to pay for that, that's, I'm not like, I'm not going to knock you for it, but I'm not showing up for free no more. I'm just yeah. not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's, uh, again, because the, there there are those artists that are like, man, yeah, I'll just come for the love. And it's like, because they love doing it, but then you make it hard for artists that need, well, I won't say need because nobody necessarily needs to, but they've chosen uh, a career in it. And now you're driving the value of that down. I know, um, and, and that's like people who are struggling to come up as an artist they feel like okay I have to charge less right now which they you absolutely do like I just don't think that when you first start out you could just jump out here and start charging people crazy rates just because you're either number one talented or number two you think you provide a service uh, I think DJs struggle with this a lot it's like man DJs get paid da da da, and it's like but you're not you're not that person so why should we pay you that amount of money right. um but at the same but time, you don't have the resume to back it up. Right. But at the same time, you know, DJ, you know, a who has the big resume and charges five thousand dollars. I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't know if there are DJs that charge that amount of money. I'm sure they are people who charge way more um, charges five thousand dollars to do something. And DJ B without the resume, just trying to get there, may be super talented, may not be as talented as DJ A is going to charge. I don't know. $50 to come do it. And it's like, well, of course, I'm going to go get the $50 DJ. Um, and now DJ A is like, you know, feeling I'm, I can't get booked anymore because there's a whole bunch of DJBs out here charging $50. And um, and it makes it where it's tough to compete because the market has dictated the price. And do I change my price, even though I know I'm worth that? Um, because I need to feed myself or my family. Um and so that's the, the difficulty of the other side of it. And I think that's something that you, 
And I think that that's a double-edged sword because, like, you know, being here in Birmingham, the the number one thing people will say, you'll hear people say. And, like, I definitely get, like, there are people that overcharge for what they really offer. Like, they are pricing themselves out because the price that they're charging is not worth the work that they output, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you have people being like, oh, see, this is why I just go to Atlanta because it's cheaper. No, people in Atlanta are cheaper because the market is so oversaturated right. that they don't have a choice. But if I want if I want to get my portfolio up, I'm going to have to be free. And that's kind of the difference between here, like the people like in Birmingham, because even if you go to Atlanta, like once you start going up that that rung of talent and notoriety, that price still goes up. So like right. even here in Birmingham, like, yeah, like, you have, like, the DJs and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you might get a $50 DJ, but you're going to get a $50 DJ. And once that $50 DJ gets popping, guess what? Next week, his price is going to be 500 And right. then if he keeps popping at 500 next week, his price, price is going to be 5000 So it's like, okay, uh, and this is, this is where that is on the consumer. People are just so fucking cheap. We just going to be straight up about it. Yeah. People are just so fucking cheap and you want people to do this thing. So like, for instance, and I've talked about this before, I've had people ask me to perform for their wedding. But then when I turn around and tell them that I charge, they're like, oh, you charge for that? Like, how how do you even have the nerve to say that? Like, you want me to be a part of one of the most important day of your life, but then you're surprised that I charge? Like, right. that's, that's fucking mind boggling. And that's the thing. Like, if you find me valuable enough to include me in something, then you find me valuable enough to pay my price. Mm. And that goes for whatever. So if you find my, like, I don't give a shit if you're a painter. If I find your paint painting alluring enough to want to buy it, then I find it alluring enough to buy it for the price that you have set. Not for, oh, well, I know you sell this for $200, but could you do it maybe for $150? Like, I'd be like, no. No, if you like it, you like it, and you'll pay the price that I that I said it at. And yeah. that's a consumer issue. That that is where consumers kind of need a little bit of a slap in the face to be like, "Yo, stop being cheap." And because you're at the end of the day, you're gonna get what you pay for. Like, I, I think I think artists, you know, and this is something I had to learn as an artist, right? Like, we have to get to a place where we're not so stubborn with I want to be full time and I need to jump straight out here and put all my like you need to get to a place of understanding like it's okay to work a job and be an artist and that doesn't yeah. make you less of an artist to do that and right. it also allows you the freedom to say no more you can say no nah, i'm not coming for that price because my bills are straight so if i'm going to hop out and do this you're going to pay me what i charge right and i'm worth that price now if you want someone who will pay, charge less by all means go and do that but I have the freedom to say no because I'm making money already. Absolutely. And I think that that's and that is definitely and that's kind of why we say that there's two sides of the coin because I understand that people there are people in this world I'm not one of them but I understand that there are people in this world that would love the independence and autonomy that comes with being your own boss and being able to just be free spirited and creative and everything like that. But that comes at a cost. And I know I've said this, I feel like I've said this before, but like I've, you know, there have been days where I flirted 
with the idea of, you know what, let me go ahead and go full time. Like I could, I could, you know, like I said, I could do journalistic stuff, you know, maybe I could be a freelance writer and you know what happens every time that happens. One of my artist friends hit me up and asked me for money. And I feel like that that's God's way of being like, nah, baby, that ain't your, that ain't, that ain't what you want. That right. ain't what you want. Because that's the thing, like people, like I've had people indirectly shade me for not trusting in my art enough or, hmm. um, to go full time. Right. And nah, it ain't about that. I like, first off, I, I don't have a job. I have a career, so I'm not in some dead end job that I fucking hate every day I go to work. Um, I have a career and I like my mom early on asked me, she was like, why don't you do something that involves being a writer? I said, because I don't want to do that. And every artist's intention, like going back to what I was saying in the beginning, every artist's intention is not the same. And I'm sorry, but I got bills and I really love the security and having a real job. Not to say that being an artist full time isn't a real job, but I love the security and having a career. I very much enjoy that. And I love the extra money that comes with on the days that, you know, like what I like where I can go out on a weekend for 30 minutes of work and make $600. I really love that too. And I really love it in combination with my salary. So Hmm. does that make me any less of an artist than a person that is scrummaging shows along and sleeping on couch to couch? I don't feel that it, it does. Right. And I think that it is, I think that it's very, that it's very wrong to try to look down on other artists who choose not to do it full time. Yeah, I think, I I mean, there's just, there's a, I think a problem with a lot of people of automatically looking at a job as a, as slaving, like you're slaving for somebody else. And I don't, I don't really want to get into that conversation because that's a whole other beast of a thing. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I do think that it's it's okay for people to choose different paths to get to a destination, right? Like I posted something on Facebook recently um, where I was like, um, basically the idea was that um, telling somebody because I did it, you can too, isn't isn't the way that you should even be approaching that conversation. It's like I understand that that was you your can. path. Well, right, it, it, you it's can. not even about whether you can or can't. It's about maybe I don't want to. Like, and, and using that logic to try to force me to do things your way doesn't make me want to do it anymore. Well, I did it. How come Absolutely. you can't? Because I don't want to do it that way. Uh, point blank, period. Like, move on to another conversation. Like, that's not my path. And then there's the other side of it. Like, yeah, maybe I actually can't because that's not, I wasn't gifted in that way or that's not my aptitude. Like, being a full-time artist is more than just being talented. Like you have to be able to sell yourself. Some people aren't good at selling right. themselves. They're just good at rapping or singing or playing an instrument or like their people skills may be atrocious. So them being full time means that they're going to be unemployed. Right. And so like trying to force someone into that path because that works for you is not always it, it's just not it's not prudent to do. And I think we have to figure out a way to make sure that we're not trying to force people into our lane, into our path, because that worked for us. Right. Anyway, I don't want to get off into that tangent because, again, that's a whole other conversation. Maybe we can talk about that. Um, and then I don't know a, a good way to, to segue that into a different episode, but we can definitely try to uh, find a good topic uh, on that. I, I do want to um, 
I think in this new digital way that we're doing this, it will open us up to get different guests in the studio that may be remote. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll possibly try to get some people in here that we wouldn't typically uh, just because we have the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Anyway, so uh, anything else you want to say on this topic or we want to go ahead and close it out here? Man, if you're an artist out there flirting with the idea of being full time, just do what you want to do, baby. Like if you want to leap, leap. But if you still want security, there's nothing wrong with that. And I just think that that needs to be reiterated a lot because people will I feel like people will definitely try to shame you or shade you for the choices that you make with your art. But just remember, it's your art. And as long as you're inspiring somebody, as long as you're creating dope shit, nobody cares for real. Do what you want. If you want to do it as a full time hustle, if you want to do it as a part time hustle, do whatever you want, baby. For sure. I'm all for that. Cool. All right. So we're about to get out of here. Once again, we are Mediums the Podcast, your boy G.I. Your girl, listen, Lou. Y'all make sure you hit us up on the medias of social. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Facebook, we are Mediums the Podcast. Instagram as well, Mediums the Podcast. Twitter, it's Mediums Podcast. Or you can email us at mediumspodcast at gmail.com. That's it. We're out of here. As always, y'all go create something. All right. Y'all have a good one.